When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a click away. Order online and pick up at your local store. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, my goodness. Really? Now there's giant bird. Those are CGI birds. They're not real birds. No, no, no. It's... Wow, this is a really, really stupid movie. <laughs> but I can't look away. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, it's, it's actually pretty pretty decent. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Why am I trying to re- redeem this? This is awful. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like boring as hell, and now they're finally getting a plot in it. It only took this... You know what, whatever, whatever. I better go ahead and get started. Welcome to the J-Man Show here on K360 Hey, what's going on, J360 Legion, and welcome back to the J-Man Show, here for episode 136. I am your host, Jay, of course, a.k.a. Capital J, a.k.a., you know, I go by so many different alienesses nowadays. I managed to gain a new one from my job place. Pretty much, uh, one one person tried to say Open Face J, and the other person tried to say uh, Breakfast Stealer J. Basically, my day job being the wretched hive that it is. Sometimes we manage to do pretty good things there. Like, you know, we'll order in, like, lunches and stuff for each other. (laughs) And this time we managed to do so, but I don't know if it was us trolling or the place we ordered from trolling because not only did we get the order, we managed to get other people's names on said order. And when we did, right, (laughs) I I saw this J on top of this, um, you know, I saw this J on top of this platter here. And I thought it was mine, you know what I mean? Like, see, I ordered bacon, eggs, and and toast. But, see, the thing about it was, right? Well, I did grab that platter, and it did say part of my name. It also said another initial on the front of it. Because everybody's name was wrong, and the only other thing left in there was a small... Was was a small breakfast, and the other one was a large breakfast. And, well, me being me, I went ahead and took the initiative and uh, tested the food. And hilarity ensued because, see, not only that I work there and I have my name as Jay, there's another person that works there that has a J in their name, but it's not the same thing. And we both ordered identical items, but not the same thing. And the beautiful part is when we all unite to eat our stuff, (laughs) I had the the fortunate liberty to tell him that, dude, I ate your breakfast. And you see, the thing is that my breakfast was still there left over, so he had no choice but to eat that. And it gets funnier because it's like, you know, nobody had no way of knowing. But you see, mine was a sandwich, and it was all wrapped up as one, so I should have went ahead with that instinct. But no, I went ahead and took the platter, you know, that wasn't mine, and I ate it. So pretty much at the job place now, they're all running around saying, you'll eat your breakfast, you'll eat your sandwich. <laughs> if we're all ordering, make sure he doesn't order, because if he does, I'm not ordering. <laughs> you know, circumstances like that. You see, the thing about it is, 
I was either a too hungry to care or b I was just uh, once again, you know, yeah. I think pretty much it's just that one moment. I was too hungry to care. I was like, I'm ready to eat. Time's up. Saw that there was a J on it. Didn't take any care or concern that it was like TJ written on it. I was like, oh snap. Um, wow. How do we go about handling this one? <laughs> but you know, look. It happens a lot, believe it or not. When you have, like, group uh, assignments like that, keep in mind, the people who work in food retail are just as jaded as the ones that work in regular retail. So one way or another, if you are doing delivery like that, it, um, how can I put it? It, yeah, you might want to go ahead and do separate orders sometimes instead of grouping because some people just don't label stuff right. And you see, because of that nonsense... Everybody else is like, hmm, I don't know if he's ordered or not. I'll, I'll be honest with you, just because of the reaction I got and the fact that everybody was laughing and had a good time, I think I will do that again eventually. Now, before you say, hey, Jay, you know, you might get clobbered for that, you have to realize I am just dead centered on fighting anybody nowadays. And the truth is that I can hold my own pretty well. I'm not afraid and I'm not worried about it. And a matter of fact, I've noticed this. Like, when something like that happens, I know, like, people always want to chime in their two cents on stuff. They all want to say, like, you know, if it was me, if it was me. Yeah, it wasn't you. But you know what? If it was you, I would have savored every minute of that food that I've accidentally taken to eat. Because at the same time, you weren't brave enough to say anything. And not only that, by you going after the fact in hindsight, want to talk about how badass you are. Because, see, most people in real life are not badass until after the fact or after the event. And, and, and the truth is, is like, they're going to sit there and try to say that. I said, hell, I'm going to eat your breakfast next and I'm going to tase you. <laughs> and it's true because, like, I, I get tired of that. Me, myself, I have a problem with the human race. Yeah, I have a problem with a lot of stuff that goes down. But, you know, when you start chiming in on stupid things that happen due to a mis, you know, misinformation or whatever, yeah, I got something to say about it. And as I do have something to say... I will chip in and I will go ahead and, you know, if I ever did anything like that, the honorable thing is to buy a new, buy a new order. And I would have done that, you know. But I also know this. Don't ever try to throw cracks on me because I will throw them back on you. And for those of you that have been paying attention for well over 135 episodes, you pretty much know, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, little moments like that, though, I do love on my day job because everybody there, my coworkers are pretty, pretty decent. You might have some that are about the company and want to do that whole employee of the month thing, but you got other people in there that realize that there is no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow, and we're all just trying to get by what we need, try to get our money, pay our bills, hopefully get to our better paying careers and jobs out there because the sky's the limit. There is no limit to what you can do. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's trying to get somewhere. It's just that, you know, one way or another, retail's not it for some people. Some people choose to stay there because either they got good stock options or they, you know, kissed enough behind just to be there so that they never get in trouble, all them circumstances. Me, on the other hand, I'll be honest with you, I didn't become a bane to that whole place until they tried to fire me for no damn reason. And ever since then, all bets have been off. And the truth be told, like, you know, everybody has their favorites. And since I'm not on anybody's list right now, does not mean they get to treat me like crap. And I refuse to take it. 
not only that, they also have a stupid rule in there that says, oh, y'all can't talk to each other anymore in the morning. You know, like we're seven. Yeah. One way or another, that wretched hive will be the end. Be out of my life for good in about a few weeks. And the truth is, is that I'm happy about it. You know, I had some good misadventures and I had some good um, events that happened there. But you see, the thing about it is, is that I already know, like I said in the Ascension episode, my time my time to ship out is good because I can't work in that bitch anymore. And I'm not afraid to call it that. Matter of fact, that's what I should call it instead of a day job because it's not really a job. It's more or less just a trip to the circus. And you know what? The clowns are not funny anymore. And I think it's time to go. But, you know, I wanted to go ahead and chip in on that because, you know... Just talking about, like, the crazy stuff that goes on in life sometimes really helps out with, you know, great writing and all sorts of things you can look back on. And since I'm planning to go for a lot of things, including the Pulitzer, I need to go ahead and uh, get some get some good inspiration, and I managed to get it. <laughs> in addition to sitting back and watching the main goal of making movies. And right now, that movie I was talking about earlier in the cold open was actually Birdemic. You know, I haven't seen all of Birdemic. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen the part where the action starts to happen. Like, right now, you know, the circumstances, he's still trying to find himself. Like, I guess they were pretty much using Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds as a uh, source material for him. But, you know, it's not bad. It's just not great. It's just, it takes a while to get to that point. I see what they're trying to do, but mm, I still can't give it a pass. I can't redeem it. But I do know this, the man managed to make not only one, but two, and a few more other movies than I think about it. So, you know, just humble beginnings. And including this, I have to go ahead and say, um, Black History Month, right? This is the first J-Man episode of February night, I think about it. So, yes, we got, you know, big time circumstances coming up. It's a leap year for one. Uh, another thing is, is that Valentine's Day as usual, comes every year, and it is in the month. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. So before those of y'all start saying Galentine's or, or Single Awareness Day and all those other, you know, jerk terms for a jerk day, let's just be honest here. There's nothing wrong with the holiday. It's a lot wrong with how we all do our mating habits and how we often do go about doing our dating life, you know, trying to handle our singlehood. Some of you have a hard time understanding that you're single. And that you're not going to change that unless you get over yourselves and actually try to meet decent people. Because, you know, and of course, you know, it's kind of hard to say who's decent and who's not. Because every time that there's a different circumstance, people post stuff on social media, try to embarrass or shame people. And instead of just, you know, saying, hey, you know, not everything is supposed to be on public notice, you know. Oh, and by the way, I also saw this information here about what not to post on your podcast. Uh, don't post what people, don't talk about what people post on social media. That's a real bad sign. Only thing I have to say to that is, oops. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. I will not say your name, you know, because you don't need no credibility like that. But if you post something so jaded and mind-bogglingly stupid and it, it doesn't benefit anybody and it's supposed to extenuate and stroke your ego or go out of your way to just try to demean people because, hey, you don't know what the hell about human awareness and all that kind of stuff, yeah, I'm going to say something about it because it doesn't make any sense. You know, nobody's perfect. Nobody has all these 100% 
Jake or Jane or Jack of all trades, whatever you want to be. A lot of people have things they're born to be good at, and a lot of people have things they're developed to be good at. And then, considering that we're all still learning something and of varying rates, you know, it's still debatable on what you do learn and what you do achieve in the end. And when it comes to so many ways to mess up the rules of engagement, the fact that some of us are even getting some play now and again is a miracle because everybody has a problem with everybody. Like that site I told you guys about about three or so episodes ago, they're still moving on, even though I know they're not going to solve a damn thing. They're going to make it worse because people are already paranoid about everything. I mean, you got people who wake up day to day paranoid about a job. You got people who are paranoid about having no job. And then you have people who are paranoid about retiring and, and, and uh, uh, who, who to impress in their friends group or in their family. Even though said person they're trying to impress is probably more screwed up than they are. You got all this going on and all these insecurities. If anything, it's just adding to insecurities and anxieties, which is really sad because, hey, do we really need more problems than we have solutions? Because if we if we do, we're in the right market because that's all we ever talk about. And you, you think about it now. Before you try to say that I'm wrong on it, think about how many people out here day to day are always talking about their you know, their problems. And some of their problems, believe it or not, might be 95 to 85% them because they're not taking the time to solve it. You know, if you got credit card debt, pay the shit off. Pardon my uh, French, you know, I just couldn't help myself. Like I said, it's been an off day and you guys are about due for an uncut J-Man episode. Might as well go ahead and be season one J-Man for a little bit. Just pay this stuff off, you know? Like, really get on it sometimes. They really just think this, you know, certain things you got to make changes and choices about. What do you invest in? And then comes a circumstance where things just happen to you and then you got to try to figure out how to solve it. And for that sort of scenario and that sort of problem, you know, don't put it on the back burner for whatever it costs and stop trying to impress people because people's opinions and viewpoints, they change all the time. And you'll know this throughout different circumstances. And I'm talking about people in general. I'm not talking about battle of the sexes. You see? And I stopped trying to impress people years ago. I like to say, like, you know, maybe about the second or third year of doing J360 Productions as a general. I mean, like, I stopped caring. I'm just going to keep doing it anyway. It's, It's more or less. Because you know why? Like I said, it's all based off of because they think you can't do it. And that's what's so sad. And that's why sometimes, like, when I look at these films that come out or some of these indie films out here, everybody has a nerd to want to chip in their two cents and they say, Oh, well, you know, it wasn't the best film, but at the same time, I believe that they could have... It's so open-ended with films sometimes, right? Because, like, you won't really know until after you shot your rushes. And then chances are you're going to try to do some reshooting just to try to make that special scene count. And then it might be a scene that might not even be in the whole end game of the film. So it's just like anything else. It's like, who are we to judge sometimes? And then like, you know, certain films that are or have made it to mainstream appeal, they come out with some really lackluster sequels. And a good example of that is, and shout outs to the Cult 45 podcast for um, doing this as part of their um, Black History special. Uh... You know, 
It's called Candyman. You know, I like Tony Todd. I think Tony Todd is a great actor. I think, you know, everything about him is awesome. He has that creepy vibe, and he loves doing his work. You can see that he's having fun in the role. And the role that made him famous or renowned to a point is Candyman. Like, the first Candyman, creepy. Loved it. Every bit about it from uh, Virginia Madsen being accused of being Candyman. Because nobody else can see Candyman, really. Even though they know he exists. And then she tried to, you know, disprove him in a way. But, oh boy, he he doesn't like that. He has the power similar to Freddy. You have to believe in that mofo to make him exist. And then with all the stabbing and the cutting and all that stuff that he does to the people in the movie. I, I, th- I just thought it was amazing. I mean, sure, around, like, by the time she gets accused by the police and has to strip down and stuff, you try to you start to think, gee, where the hell is this movie going exactly? Like, what is so interesting about it? But after a while, it, it, it kind of captures you, takes you in, and then you're like, okay, I get it. And then at the end when she dies, you know, she does come back to get revenge on her um, husband for what his infidelities were. It, and that was cool, because she was a part of the Candyman mytho now. You see? However, in years to come after that, he would return in a sequel called Candyman Farewell to the Flesh. Now, Farewell to the Flesh was okay. It expanded upon who Candyman is. And true to the title, you know, he was a slave. And he had forbidden love. For a woman that not necessarily used to, you know, work for her, per se. He was to make a painting of her. And he fell in love with her. And you see, old Papa did not like that because, you see, there were no Trojans back then. So what was seated was seated. And as he did seated her, <laughs> and indeed he did, he got caught. And as he got caught, the origin is... You know, they, they strapped him to a tree. They didn't lynch him, but they might as well had. They cut off his arm with a um, rusted blade, and then they poured honey on him, or rubbed honey on him with honeycombs. And the bees came and, you know, stung all up in him and everything else to make him into Candyman. And then, see, the thing is, much like how Voldemort had Horcruxes, you see, he had one too, and it was called the Mirror. He looked in the mirror, he said, they all said his name four times, but he said it that fifth time, and he would live on in a mirror. And that mirror was owned by the woman that he had the, quote, affair with. And you see, along the line there, you, you start to find out that, you know, certain murders have taken place from certain scenarios of the characters, like the main lady's father who got killed in the movie. And you see, she had a brother. The brother was trying to solve the case but, of course, he was over there interrogating the the psychologist that was in the first movie who was profiting off the Candyman mytho. And you see, they also had a little tie into the first one, too, with Virginia Madsen's uh, picture and talking about how she uh, was a Candyman killer, even though it didn't happen if you seen the first one. But, you see, when he got cornered, you know, later on, he started saying the Candyman name multiple times and tried to say, there is no Candyman. But, you see, once again, he ain't like that, so Candyman showed up, impaled him from growing the gullet, because that's how he do. He's very animal tentative, you know. Took his hook, jammed it right all up in there, and then let it be known that we are in for a Candyman sequel. 
Now, despite a whole bunch of red herrings and despite all the incidences that do happen, this doesn't even take place in Chicago. It actually takes place in Louisiana. And you see, as it does take place there, might as well, because, see, it turns out that all them white people that was involved in this sequel, they are a part of Candyman and Candyman a part of them. Because, you see, due to all the uh, in and outs and in and outs, they part of his bloodline. He the great great grandfather of the main woman in this movie, and you know the thing is, Candyman doesn't really care because it seemed like he always he was about um trying to um, you know, keep it all in the family. That's the way I kind of seen it from his vibes. Cause he said, "You be a part of me, you part of me, join me, Annie." And that was her name, and he kept saying that to her, and I was like. Dude, that's like your great, 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 great granddaughter, man. You know, that's there's still genes there. You might want to chill a little bit. But, you know, one way or another, as he was casted out and as he was totally, totally ignored by his family, it didn't stop him from coming true and harassing the hell out of him. But you see, eventually, he she had to put a stop to him by destroying his main mirror, which had his soul, and his soul was there. And you see... As she went about destroying it because she had to go back to her family home. She had to really go back to her roots. Which was interesting about the movie because, you know, Candyman's a victim himself, if you think about it. But you see the fact that parts of his bloodline are still around? Maybe he's still around because of that. So they had to pretty much destroy him. You see? And you see as uh, Annie went about doing that, you know, he broke apart into pieces I thought that was okay. It wasn't as good as the first one, and it had its creepy vibes, but it wasn't as deep as the first one. And then later on, because they just couldn't leave it alone, or whoever had the rights to it, they decided to make the third one, which was Candyman Day of the Dead. One of the corniest damn sequels I've seen. And it was corny because, see, she had a daughter at the end of the second one named Caroline, who was also, Caroline is also the name of Candyman's, you know, mistress so as that's going down she gets haunted by him every time because of course you know the bloodline never dies i guess as long as one of them's living you know he never dies even though his soul was was destroyed in the second one but the hell with that retcon right so she would even have she's trying to make peace with it you know what i'm saying because there's a lot of people out there slavery has done a lot of things to this country Above and beyond. And since we'll never ever atone for it, or never ever get the reparations like it's supposed to have been, you know, and I'm not saying that you need it, but, you know, it's 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 a lot to deal with. And, you know, some of the white people that roam around here nowadays, they got black in them, <laughs> whether they like to believe it or not, because all that, that interracial stuff been happening behind the scenes for quite a long time. If you don't believe me, check your family journal. Um... And you see, the thing is, when it comes to this, as long as she's living, she wanted to make peace with it. So she made, took some of the paintings that he made, because he was a painter, and then, like, some of the paintings she made, it had an exhibit made for him. But you see, other people, for some reason, when you're working with other people, they have to go ahead and exploit something for some reason. You see, her business partner tried to exploit all the horror elements and all the things about Candyman's killings. So, which which is one thing that keeps him alive. <laughs> So she didn't want to deal with that nonsense. But oh boy, as soon as they kept saying there was a mirror, somebody said the name five times, he's back in business. 
And as he's inviscerating and shoving his uh, hook right up into uh, where the sun don't shine and giving uh, atomic wedgies to all these people, whether it's in their a-hole or in their stomach or in their spine, it's still pretty painful to watch. The thing is, is that as he's roaming around now, he knows who Caroline is. But the thing is, he's gotten a lot more old Paul Paul trying to get some, you know, some loving. And he was on Caroline all the time. Wiped out all of the people that she knew, even the handsome male lead, even though he, he kind of just got all screwed up at the end. Like, Candyman had him on the rafters and, like, bees all over him and stuff. And talking about, your life for his, Caroline. Come to me. And I know that's not Tony Todd much, but that's my variation of it because this movie sucked. And you see, <laughs> as, as eventually when she started piecing things together, you know, the main lead's grandmother is a healer. And she told him that, you know, good and evil are connected. One can't exist without the other. You must find his good to destroy him. So by putting two and two together, Caroline realizes that the good is his paintings. Because before he became a specter that impales, he was a painter. So, you know, she took the paintings. So the paintings were taken by people that were fanatics of Candyman. And Candyman, being Candyman, wiped them all out as she was trying to get the paintings back. And then, you know, he still harassing her in so many ways that she knocked her, knocked her out and then had the paintings taken down to his area where, um, once again, I don't know how many people avoided that stuff. Like, cause his, when his face is painted on graffiti, you know what I'm saying? When his face is on like buildings and stuff, chances are, I'm sure that's his lair. The main cast walked by this area multiple times. And then at this point in the film, they managed to, she manages to go there because she could feel him there. I'm like, give it a rest, folks. I mean, good Lord. And then as soon as she got in there, of course, there was a mural and everything. He was waiting for her, too. He was like, behold, you're in. And you see, like, some of you have noticed this on my Instagram where I take, like, the clip. And then I showed, like, him opening his, his showing his hollowed out chest with all the bees and crap in there. And then she says, behold, you're in. <laughs> I thought that was like the most stupidest thing. I mean, in the first one when you saw it, it was creepy, but in this, he, he was just doing it just to get some A. You know what I mean? Just to get some ass, really. I mean, it's like that the, the hell. So, so you want to get busy with her? Or you want to kill her, Candy Man? Like, really pick a side this time. You know. And then keep in mind, throughout these sequels, there's no mention of whatever happened to the first woman played by Virginia Mad Madsen. You know. Yeah, keep in mind, none of this ever references that. But in the third one, <laughs> man, when she came back to her senses, and I mean, like, it was awkward seeing him kiss her, too. But when she came back to her senses and ran up there and had the hook and carved it into that painting to destroy him, which, because, you know, there's no mirror at this point, <laughs> I was happy. I was like, thank God for that. It's over. And when it ended, you know, she celebrated the Day of the Dead with the main guy and his daughter. And they were in front of uh, her mom's grave because that's what the Day of the Dead is. It's supposed to celebrate it with your departed loved ones. And then I sat there and I thought about it. And I was like, huh. Did this really need a sequel? Well, it's good to see Candyman himself. Storyline-wise, no. No, it did not need a sequel. 
And this is just strictly an opinion because some of y'all might actually like this movie. You know, like, it, it just didn't work for me. And the same thing could be said for, like, Robocop 2. Didn't work for me. Uh, Robocop 3. Most funny. I like the part about him flying. But didn't work for me. I like the first Robocop the best. Um, and then you look over at Terminator sometimes. and then, no, Terminator got better with um, 1 than 2. 2 was the best. And, you know, the Sarah Connor Chronicles and... I think I already did a layout about the Terminator series, but it's, it's true. I mean, after you reach a certain zenith and a certain point, and you've already proven it, you know, and I'm sure some of y'all are going to say, what about Dark Fate, Jay? Did you like Dark Fate? No, I didn't like Dark Fate, and you know I didn't. So to hell with Dark Fate. Whether you liked it or not, entirely up to you. But I do think the zenith was T2. And then it could be Sarah Connor Chronicles or anything, but it was so open-ended, you could continue anyway. But when you look at um, certain circumstances, like even Samurai Cop. Samurai Cop is one of those movies that is cult classic. It's wrong on so many levels, but it's right in the entertainment because that's what it was made to do. And it was ridiculous in how it was edited. <laughs> you know? And you see, the thing is, I like the first one for its cheese, but then I look over at the second one. And while it was cool to see everybody back on screen, old and crusty or whatever... There's still that part where it's like, what exactly is going on in this movie? Like, you know, it does a few callbacks to the first one. But what is going on in this movie other than like a gang war? And then there's moments where they're like in this futuristic area and it's like, are we in the future now? Like, well, we are in the future, but are we in the the future? And I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, yeah, don't know what's going on. Don't know what's going on. Hey, Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau's the main guy, main villain. Hell yeah, I'm gonna watch this. See, I love Tommy Wiseau. I mean, say what you will about the room, but <laughs> I love Tommy Wiseau. He's amazing. Even the Tommy Y show is great. Like, hey, that piqued my interest, so I, I had to just stay there and watch and see how this goes because you already got the crazy samurai cop coming back into action. And now you got him facing against one of the wildest guys to ever direct and star in his own film. It's so meta. Shade Magnifique. But still, did it deserve a sequel? No. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like a lot of things that don't deserve sequels. And they get sequels. And then they get the second sequel. Which doesn't fare any better. But, you know, there's times where the second sequel does outbeat the first sequel. And I'm going to find out when that is. Because um, I can go ahead and use one example right now. Nightmare on Elm Street. But it's not really fair because a lot of people don't talk about the second Nightmare on Elm Street that much. But the third one actually increased the mythos. And it really talks about like how Freddy became Freddy to a point. So that's why the third one is so much better. But as I look about it and stuff, like even Bird Demick got a sequel... Um, you know, you look over at, uh, what's another one? Trancers. Trancers is one of Charles Brand's best franchises. But you see, by the time you get to the third one where debt went back to the future, it was like, you know, yeah, should have stopped here. Because in number four, he went to medieval times. I think they were trying to do what Sam Raimi did in Army of Darkness. And it's like nah man this 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 ain't this ain't even in the same rule book right now 
And then there was a part in Trancers 6, I think, where he was in his daughter's body, which was weird. But hey, why not? Try new things, right? At the end of the day, just because I'm saying that doesn't mean that it's my rule. It's not a guideline. It's, it's not anything. It's just like, you know, you start thinking that some things don't really deserve a sequel. And then you think that some things don't deserve spinoffs. Now, if you do spinoffs and if you do parallel stories that function as sequels, they're not bad per se. But at the same time, continuity kind of goes out the window. Like, there's always a way to do a trilogy. And they don't necessarily have to be in the same fold. Like, um, that one with Hot Fuzz. Like, you know, that that's not really a, uh, you know, self-contained trilogy. I mean, granted, the uh, ice cream company that's featured in there, I think it's Cornetto, is it? Yeah, like, that's featured multiple different times in the thing. But, you know, that's the one thing that unites those films. Whereas, like, you know, like, I'm not saying limit your creativity. And I'm not saying what expands it. But what I'm saying is, is this. Like, when you look at certain things like this, just keep in, keep in mind, does it really mesh well with the story? Or are we doing a whole new take, but we're taking the label with it? Just little things like that as a writer, you know, you look at. Because sometimes you, you start to think, hmm, because the audience isn't too dumb. You see what I'm saying? As much as we like to think some of them are. But you got to respect them to a point and be like, okay, this is what we know. This is where we're going to take it. And this is how we're going to change the scenario. Because some change is good. It's just everybody has to be in on it for it to work. And I think it's possible. And you know, the only reason why I'm saying that is is because some of y'all will probably look at my movies and say the same thing. And I'll be like, you know what? You got me. But at the same time, you didn't. Because I love parallel stories. So that's what we're going to be doing. (laughs) Yeah, remember the new guy. And stuff like that. Which reminds me, I wonder what um, that new PlayStation 5 design is going to be. Matter of fact, did I sign up for the newsletter? Yeah, I did. Alright, so, other than that though, I mean like, I love watching these classic cult films because for right now, I think the only movie that's out in movie theaters, um, per se, that's been kind of new-ish is, well, no, 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 that people have been looking forward to, I should say, is Birds of Prey. It looks alright, it's just that, you know, um... I don't really care. You know what I mean? After Crisis came, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and take a little scale back on the DC Universe for a bit. You know, just prop my feet up, chill out for a little while. Not even invest for right now. Because, you know, I kind of want to see some different things. And I know Midsummer's on uh, Amazon Prime. Might want to take another crack at that again. (laughs) Because, uh... Florence Pogg is going to, uh, I don't know how to, you know, pronounce her last name, but she's going to be taking over the industry soon enough. She's going to be a rising titan. And I can't wait to see what she does in Black Widow. And as you all say that stuff, I know I'm scaling back on DC, but I'm jumping in on Marvel. I got to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, even though I'm not in a rush to see that too. The thing I'm really looking forward to won't come out until later in the year anyway. And that is the Falcon and Winter Soldiers. And uh, speaking of which, uh, shout-outs to the Kansas City Chiefs for getting their Super Bowl win and for Andy Reid finally getting it. He might not have got it with our team, but it felt like another Eagles win. Felt like it anyway, and I'm going to stick by that. And I know a lot of people at work are going to be like, oh, really, man, you going to go support them? And I was like, yeah, why not? It's a good story. 
shoot, I wasn't going to support them 49ers. Forget it, man. But I do know this. I do know this, though. That was a damn fine game. That game was a lot better. Even the halftime show was great. Yes. Yes, all the booty shaking, all the dancing, everything. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. But I can't speak for any of them hard-up, ignorant people out there who just don't know how to have a good time. And, you know, and they come out of the woodwork every year. Because, you know what? They don't want you to have a good time. They don't want any of us to enjoy and see that. What I saw out there was two strong performers, even in, you know, like, I think Shakira's like 40 and J-Lo's like 50. And they still look good. They still look as fine as they did in the early days. Just getting just getting it down, man. And I was like, damn, this is all right. But as soon as Jennifer got on that poll, I was like, yeah, they're going to be talking about this on Twitter and everything else because apparently they don't realize that there's exercise involved in, you know, using poles to dance. And not every person that works a pole is a stripper. So it's just, man, it is amazing that people have a problem with just anything. I mean, what would they have anyway? Probably something boring, something pretentious, something that really ain't going to benefit anything. All I can say is that the whole Super Bowl festivities this year was a high 10. You know what I mean? Even the commercials weren't as, they weren't as forced this time. Everything just felt pretty smooth. And And I'm okay with it. Not even that Walmart commercial bothered me. You know the one where like everybody had a cameo appearance? Like that didn't bother me much. It was it was pretty cute. But hmm. And then on we always know like the movie trailers are always gonna be great anyway, so it is what it is. But I gotta get on out of here though. It's getting close to the wrapping up time but needless to say i'll be back and for those of you that were waiting on that mini bites episode well we <laughs> kind of had to shuffle things up i accidentally fell asleep and uh yeah you know sometimes i need it so the mini bites will be landing tomorrow with episode 32 and i think i'm gonna have something special for you all friday night yeah why not right i got time But until then, this is the J-Man signing off, and I want you all to take it easy. And for those of you content creators out there that are working on sequels, hey, man. Well, I shouldn't say hey, man, right? Got to be inclusive. Hey, people, just do it. At the end of the day, just don't be surprised when people bring up continuity and ask you about it. And that's where you can just say F continuity, and we'll just enjoy it, right? But I got to get on out of here, though, so you all take it easy, okay? Peace.